Welcome to the Shoot This Now podcast. I'm Matt Donnelly. I'm Tim Malloy, and with us is our special guest. Trey Williams. Trey Williams yes. is a wonderful new addition to our film team here at The Wrap, where we make Shoot This Now. Tim, what is Shoot This Now? Shoot This Now is the podcast where every week we talk about a different story that we think should be made into a film or television show. Uh, we talk about who would be in the show, our film, who would direct it, who mm-hmm. would write it, all sorts of great things like that. Last week we had an amazing episode where Trey pitched an idea. Yeah, about a sort of Ocean's Eleven stylized kind of uh, flight to freedom. Um, nice. By, uh, <laughs> by, uh, if you haven't listened to it, we should have Robert called that Smalls. movie Flight to Freedom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, actually, that's yeah. not a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> that just came to me. Yeah. We struggled to name it, to name our sort of slave story Ocean's Eleven. Um, and we, and we've got it now. Yeah. Flight to Freedom. Yeah. Flight to freedom. That's amazing. Um, and this week, we, we have a topic that's very, very close to my heart. And yes. that is my, my fave, Gwyneth Paltrow. I love her as an actress. I love her as an entrepreneur. Um, and I think Goop. that she's a role model for all of us. I really do. She was born with a lot of privilege, a lot of talent. She's never stopped trying to improve upon herself, which is something I appreciate as a perfect person who only wants to, yeah. s- to get more <laughs> perfect. It's like, oh, that's cute and that you're trying. Oh, <laughs> my God. Um, I, I feel that we have a dual purpose with this episode. Yeah, what's that? Uh, Trey, I won't speak for you, but I myself uh, am somewhat skeptical of Gwyneth Pal- Paltrow. I like her. I think Fair. she's a good actor. Mm-hmm. But I'd like to understand why you are more excited about Gwyneth Paltrow than I am excited about anything. I don't uh, know. I love, 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 uh, love Shakespeare in love. Oh. All right. By the way, did you see how Tim just tried to court favor with Gwyneth Paltrow by removing the gender from her term actor? The, oh, everyone's an actor to me. Nice try. Um, I, I'm, I'm totally neutral to favorable on Gwyneth Paltrow. Wait, she was married to Chris Martin, who I'm negative on because ugh. I do not like Coldplay at all. I think that even she would concede that that was maybe a douchier time in her life. <laughs> but now she's moved on. But here's... Here's the thing. Goop, her $250 million lifestyle brand that she built from her, well, I'm not going to say it was a modest from apartment in New York. $150 million <laughs> Right. <laughs> Don't be classist. Um, <laughs> they just launched a podcast, and it's, uh, it's sort of a, 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 an audio version of all their content, which is obviously about wellness and about um, you know more cerebral lifestyle, all kind of stuff. But this week, or last week, she had her mother, Blythe Danner, on, and they had one of the most revealing and really brutally honest conversations, which was sort of an interview, Gwyneth interviewing her mom about her whole life, and um, Gwyneth's father is like a really big figure, like I think that she's kind of a daddy's girl, and like that's the driving parental force of her life, and her mother might not have occupied as much a space in her hmm. for her. So I think this is a, a sort of a time for discovery. But anyway, I, I digress. The real story here is that they were talking about Blythe Danner's career. She came up in um, in rep, in, in repertory companies, uh, in small theaters in Boston and New York. Um, she actually won a Tony at a really young age, I think at 26. Wow. Funny story, uh, Blythe Danner won a Tony at 26. Gwyneth Paltrow won her Oscar at 26. Whoa. Hmm. Trey started at the rap at 26. I mean, look. Wow. Legends it's, all. It's, uh, it's Legends a, only. It's a great age. Uh, um, <laughs> it actually is. And uh, 26, 27 years ago. She t- <laughs> <laughs> that just sounded um, sad. <laughs> and she talked a lot about how, interesting too, by the way, she said that she didn't feel like she deserved it when she was that young. She hadn't worked that hard for it. It's so interesting how we 
don't feel enough in so many ways. And that's what the Goop podcast is about. That's very easy for someone who won a Tony at 26 <laughs> to say after, like, now, yeah, years now. and years after But, like, I, I, I can't you relate a little bit? Like, oh, I, I, maybe I don't. I don't know. Maybe it's just like if I won an Oscar next year, I'd be like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah!" I w- <laughs> About I would, time. I would question if it was the th- if my Oscar came to me at the right time in my life. Um, no, uh, but they they were talking about all of her favorite roles, and she's had so many. She's in the great Santini with Robert Duvall, and and it came up that mother and daughter actually did a production of The Seagull together um, okay. in a in a New York summer theater company. Uh, I, I I should look up the name. Uh, lazy podcasting. Um, but this so our readers can go back in time and see it exactly. And actually, by the way, um, attached to this podcast, there's a still. Of of Gwyneth with her co-star, who which you'll want to see this photo after you listen to the story. So anyway, <laughs> the Seagull is a very famous Chekhov play. It, it's uh, probably his most famous play, and um, he's sort of the father of, uh, of of subtext, I think, in American dramatists as far as they're concerned. The main thing I remember about Chekhov is he has this rule that if there's a gun introduced early in the play, it has to go off by the end of the play. Right, totally. Chekhov's gun. Yeah, just yeah. the best rule ever. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> um, and they this was about a. A family and, and and one of the first real I think um, ensemble pieces written for the American theater, mm. um, or, or or staged in the American theater. Uh, even so though he is Russian, even though he is Russian, so he but was trying to uh, infiltrate American culture, which has never happened. Never since. happened ever. Okay, ever, and then become stories storylines on Homeland. Um, or real so life. So they, <laughs> they get cast. Uh, there, there's an ingenue role named Nina that Gwyneth took at 19, which her mother said was a very uncommonly young age to do the part. Okay. Um, but Gwyneth was, like I guess, prodigious as an actress. And Blythe had the lead. And their male co-star was Christopher Walken. Oh, my God. And they start talking about this production. And so much spilled out. And I think they only talk about it in the podcast for like three minutes. But there's so much there. And um, <laughs> my here's my pitch. Basically, I would love to see... Um, and I know people don't always love movies about making movies or movies about making art. But Hollywood I, does. I know. I, I love them too. Anything where famous people play other famous people. Yes, uh, like that terrible fucking Lampoons movie on Netflix. What's that? Unwatchable. The oh. one where someone plays Chevy Chase and someone plays in. Right. Oh, is that the Will Forte movie? Yes. The one about them Sorry. starting National Lamp- yeah. Lampoon. Can I? Sorry, can and I, I love David Wayne. Something I read about that that's incredible. Yeah. Um, spoiler for that movie. I haven't seen it. I haven't um, seen it either. People who are thinking about seeing it. Apparently, he died by either falling or jumping off a cliff. And one of his friends said, oh, he slipped when he was looking for a place to jump. Wow. 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 That just really brought it down, huh? Oof. Okay. Um, And now we're back But I would love to see a (laughs) film about this staging of the seagull, where someone would play Chris Walken, someone would play Blythe, and someone would play Gwyneth. Because here's what's going on. This is what's happening in the angst of putting together this show. Number one, Blythe admitted on the podcast to her daughter now that she was unfairly and and unduly hard on her. Oh, my God. She's sleeping with Christopher Walken. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> her real father is Christopher Walker. Okay, our um, lawyer has asked us to clarify yes. that this is not true. We're just kidding right We're now. Just, it's a joke. It's um, a joke. Sorry. No. When his father is Bruce Paltrow, famed of producer course. of right. Elsewhere. Wonderful father. Um, yes. Uh, but Blythe admitted that she that acting always came really easy to Gwyneth, and she was kind of 
pissed and thought you had to sweat blood and tears for her performance, not to mention that she's playing the ingenue about 10 years mm. sooner than she should. That is interesting. Yes. Yeah. And um, Gwyneth admitted to being, actually, she used this word. I was playing it for Tim, and she used this word, and Tim, like, his eyes rolled into the back of his skull. <laughs> she felt she was too insouciant about the part. She did use the word insouciant. Um, in, in that she said that Blythe <laughs> remembers Gwyneth Trey's coming eyes in. also just rolled back <laughs> in his skull. Come on, let's speak Whatever. like we're normal people. Yeah, exactly. Well, also, $5 words don't make you unlikable. Mm. <laughs> or maybe they do. Um, but she would come to, Gwyneth would come to rehearsal and like, roll her eyes if she already had the scene. Like, oh, I know what my motivation is here. Um, and she goes, I still do that. Um, <laughs> so you've got this mother-daughter dynamic of like, and can you imagine, like, I think it's an upstate New York theater company, like every one of their friends, like you're talking about someone whose godfather is Steven Spielberg. You know that all, everyone's going to come see the seagull with Gwyneth wow. and Blythe. So there's probably external pressure from their peers. And, and Blythe Danner admitted that women would ask her, are you jealous of your daughter? I Ooh, love that talent. Yeah. yeah, and Blythe said on the podcast, um, n- "How could I be? Uh, you know, she's born of me. I wouldn't be jealous of her." But she did admit that she didn't. Ne- she never recognized like Gwyneth's otherness when she was a child. She always tried to mold her into something instead of like letting her be herself, which I think is a generational thing too mm. for parents, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think like my friends with the kids now are like they're they're their social secretaries, and it's unbearable to see. Mm. It's unbearable yeah. to watch. But then like I think when I grew up. I probably was ignored, hmm. and now I have my revenge because I have a podcast so <laughs> I can blame my mother. No, um, and then so here's here's the real beauty of this entire story. Why are you laughing? Is it too intimate? No, because that's the source of all podcasting. Yeah, <laughs> my mother didn't. Mother issues. <laughs> <laughs> um, no one listened to me. Exactly. Oh, now I have four people who rated me five stars. <laughs> right. Bowl and Branch sent me a bowl and a branch. <laughs> um, bowl and Branch sponsor us. Uh, Chris Walken. I call him Chris because I know him well. I don't. Um, <laughs> Gwyneth said there was a night where Christopher was drinking. It was the 90s. So there was something called cocktails in a can. Awesome. Where you could get like Great. a Cosmopolitan or a G&T and like a Pepsi can. And she said he got hammered. And he gets on stage and there's, a, you know, being, it being a chuckle play, he has a massive monologue. He forgets the lines. <laughs> are you going to do, are you gonna do a walk-in impression? I'm not going to do – I don't know if I have That's a good walk That's the major walk-in. problem with this story is what young actor can possibly do a walk-in impersonation? Shia LaBeouf. Just no one has <laughs> one. <laughs> Am I lazy casting for everything of Shia LaBeouf? I think he's so talented. He's so probable. He's amazing. He's, he's incredible. He's, he's – wow. I think he's actually – like, just quick tangent. I yeah. love Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. I think he's like – one of the generation's best actors. Yes. He just cannot get out. He refuses to get out of his own way. Yeah. Okay. All right. Anyway, um, so 19-year-old Gwyneth. This is very much not a Tim Malloy episode. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. Thank you for, hey, for you establishing how uncomfortable you feel with my topic. I want, to, I want to appreciate Shia LaBeouf the way that I want to appreciate Gwyneth Paltrow more. Mm-hmm. I think they're both talented. I don't totally get it with both of them, so, so maybe, this is a learning experience. Maybe the two of them should do some like comic book movie, so Pepper Potts can go and and yes. do something with him, and then they'll win you. Oh over. yeah, maybe Shia LaBeouf yes. will be the next Iron Man, and then oh oh I my god, can you imagine what he would do with that suit? He would just like break into liquor stores. You know what would be awesome? <laughs> you know what? Because Robert Downey Jr. struggled with addiction, Shia LaBeouf he did. has openly struggled with addiction, which I think is cool that he's talked about it. Like I do, I do really respect what he's doing now. I love how Tim said, "I think it's cool," as if I said it's not cool that he's open yeah, about addiction. You, yeah. Um, you see how he judges so me on this I, podcast? So I, <laughs> so I do think that he could be a really interesting Iron Man, actually, because Iron Man in the comics is a like fall down alcoholic and has to actually give up being Iron Man for a while. That's how James Rose becomes Iron Man. 
Yeah. So I wish they'd actually explored that aspect of Iron Man more. Now, now Matt is completely lost in terms of... I'm a little of, lost, he's, yes. He's like, you said James Rhodes, and then I just started thinking about <laughs> the seagull. Um, <laughs> yeah. But to, to, to sum it up, what, what I see this as is a, is, a crazy t- is a telling of the craziest, most dysfunctional performance of the seagull, which is probably <laughs> easy to do, to have a dysfunctional performance of a play about insane passive aggression and, and, and family strife. Yeah. Um, that you've never seen yeah. and see all these egos floating around and, and knocking into each other. And by the way, it should be said, Gwyneth and Blythe were, were so loving of yeah. Christopher Walken, but she just wasn't in the, wasn't going to deny that he was fucked up <laughs> and they had to feed him coffee after the performance. Like it was, it was, a, it sounded like a disaster, but it seems like something really fun to watch. I've never seen the seagull, but would this end up being sort of like a play within a play? Yeah. Kind of it thing? would be like and a like waiting for strife, Guffman kind of like <laughs> the strife of the seagull, like yeah. playing out in like the strife of Absolutely. And her mother and Chris and totally. So we'd have like, Lots of backstage rolling racks, union painters and hammers, <laughs> and then like maybe uh, D- Blythe looking to see how big Gwyneth's dressing room is compared to hers, <laughs> and uh, you know Chris drinking an extra cocktail in a can every single day as our story moves forward. As he gets tired of like mother and daughter exactly, bickering. Exactly, exactly. Like, and I wonder. I have to. Um, someone stall so I can look up who the fourth person was in the play. Bastard. I, I gotta say, I really, really like the mother-daughter dynamic already. Like, Same. It, it works whether it's Gwyneth Paltrow and Blythe Danner or just anyone. Same. Yeah, agreed. And, and then when you add in like this actor who sounds nuts, that's pretty fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I, I love the idea mainly because like this is something that I think about like a lot. Like when we were kids, like we don't know like what our parents really like think of us or like we don't think that our parents have like you know all the same sort of insecurities and you know struggles that you know we have and then like once you grow up and your parents like feel like they can talk to you on the same level yeah only then do you realize like (laughs) oh yeah my mother was jealous of me as a yeah, yeah. yeah. I, f- I forget where I, I forget where I heard it, but it's something I, I tell people all the time, or I, I say. So you know, I'm a dilettante, so I don't know where <laughs> I'm actually crediting this. Um, <laughs> is that there always comes a moment where you have to reintroduce yourself to your parents as a mm. as a fully formed adult, and I think most people go on like um, I was telling Tim this John Mulaney joke today about how like his mother doesn't understand his career <laughs> and uh, he doesn't really get what her life is about now because she's getting older and I think semi retired so like they're sitting together and he's like have you ever seen a ghost? <laughs> like just the most like <laughs> random like stretch but so you, you can go that way or like when I my parents were really young when they had me so I feel like when I introduced like grew up and like moved to LA and then maybe came back a year or two later yeah. as a different person like we get along my my godmother my aunt is the closest person to me but we have a fully adult relationship yeah. like I'm not like tucking in her hemline and I love that relationship so yeah. I feel like you go one of two ways but yeah you, you sort of have to tell them who you are can I ask how old they were? Is that, is oh, that yeah, no, they were both 20 when they had me. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Mine were 25 and I thought that was like really young but it's not okay. that young but I mean they were like completely broke which is just I don't know it's crazy oh, wow. to it's crazy to think of like your parents having the same struggles that like we had when we were 25, but yeah. also having a kid. Yeah, I think or about 20. that a lot actually, because I'm 30 sure, sure, now, <laughs> and I think that um, I'm 33. Whatever, uh, having a 13 year old would be a fucking nightmare. Yeah, crazy, crazy nightmare. By the way, thank you for stretching. Um, Cherry Jones was also in this production. Oh my we god, we love Cherry Jones. Um, another one else really. That exciting, sorry. Um, Reg Rogers, does that name sound familiar to anybody? Reg Rogers. Emery Battis, Pamela Peyton Wright, no? 
probably all wonderful stage actors. By the way, this was the Williamstown Theater Festival where they staged this. Okay. Is Williamstown in New York? I believe it is. Upstate. I believe it is upstate. Um, so that's what I see. And now who, God, how do we even begin to cast? Yeah, this that's. I was waiting for that. Yeah. This this is almost the framing for the whole thing for me because I think I would better understand your Gwyneth Paltrow intre- interest. I just got it. I just got I it. If I knew who plays young Gwyneth Paltrow, I just got it. Who? Gwyneth should play Blythe and Apple Martin should play Gwyneth that's because she looks just like her. All right, that's fucking genius. greatest idea ever. Oh, you don't like it? I said you I interrupted me as I said that's genius. Oh, cool. <laughs> I know what you're really saying. Wait, is Apple 19 years old? No, Apple's like 15. <laughs> okay, but close. She's that old? She might be insouciant about the bar. If she ratchets up the insouciance, it could work. It could work. Oh, is that is it insouciant? Did I, am I mispronouncing it? Did I mispronounce it? it? I, is I, insouciant? I I, maybe it's insouciant. Insouciance. Huh. I think it's what Dr. Evil says in Austin Powers where he's like, when I was, no, he says insolent. When I was insolent, I was beaten with rods in a burlap sack. Rest in peace, Vern Troyer. Yeah, insolent is, I know that one. Insouciant, maybe not. Wait, when did Apple Martin turn 13 years old? She, and do you know, she looks just like her mom. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah, I just Googled, Google, I just yeah. Googled her because I didn't, I yeah. feel like she was just like. A <laughs> child, I know. I know, yeah. I know. It's so ho- What? She looks exactly like her mom. I told you. You're kidding me. That's not really her, is it? Mm-hmm. That's absurd. That's absurd. Okay, that's who's gonna play Pepper Potts in the next Iron exactly, Man. Exactly. Yeah, get her in. Get get her in the suit when they when they get Shia as Iron Man. Um, I don't know who. Uh, right, maybe Chris Walken's easier, but he's got such a specific physicality and like he's yeah. somebody that looks like a character a character of themselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but maybe like I like Zach Woods. I know. Oh, that's oh my god, yeah, that's Zach good. He's really good. He's too. He's way too tall. And like. You know, the voice, I feel like you don't have to have the voice, like, completely down. Because, like, it's going to be so, if it's if you're trying too hard to get it, like, yeah. 100%, yeah. it's not going to sound like yeah. it's for walking. And yeah. so then it's just going to be a problem. That's true. But, but if then you if you so- don't do it. Well, if you do something that's, like, in a vein or, like, slight, like just, like, a slightly off voice, mm-hmm. you're like, okay. You know, like, see where he's going with that. But... If you try to do an exact... Just get, like, the off-kilter quality. Like, yeah. I mean, like, Johnny Depp would have probably been really good at it years ago. Oh, but maybe a little Tim Burton help or a prosthetic or something. Yeah. Because yeah. Chris has a five head. He probably has a six head by now. Huh? Do you think Johnny Depp would be willing to undergo prosthetics for a role? Oh, are no. We, are we casting Johnny Depp and <laughs> stuff right now? Or are we, are we letting that he's, lie? He's probably way too busy. He's There's problematic. no way that he... <laughs> He doesn't need the money. Like he wouldn't. He wouldn't do that. Actually, I <laughs> check the the recent filings. I think he does need the money. Joe. Yeah, yeah. I think you're gonna see him in subway ads soon. Um, I'm leaving this wait, podcast. Like, right? Wait, like subways in New subway York. The or just sandwiches. Like the subway sandwiches. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Both. He's gonna he's gonna be in a, a subway like, train wrapped in a subway app. Subway's like we've had some image problems because of our last. So speech. Johnny Who Depp. Can we get? He's absolutely beyond reproach. Who's totally not problematic. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy! Um, uh, I don't know. I just I, I I and also by the way, I don't know. I think I see this being feature length, but I see this being like either a Netflix original on HBO. I think HBO would totally make something like this because mm-hmm. they love that kind of self-referential yeah um, vibe. But yeah, I, the casting is the hardest part. And then like to direct. Oh wait, you know what would be interesting is maybe Billy Lord because Gwyneth had brownish hair, and Billy oh. Lord is a dynast is a dynastic Hollywood child. Interesting. I like Billy Lord. Yeah. 
This is starting to sound like a Ryan Murphy show a little bit. Oh, why mm. Ryan Murphy would crush this. Yeah, he would. Because yeah. you've got a little bit of feud. You've got like the, he yeah. likes a little bit of grotesquery. And then you've got the Hollywood aunts and uncles dropping in from every corner. Because oh, you know yeah. that you put, the Hamptons are probably lit that weekend that this opened. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, if you just turn this into a limited series and yeah. like really draw out all of the like family and totally. uh, all the people around the family. Yes. and. Yeah. yeah, maybe the Ryan, whoever the Ryan Murphy is in like 60 years, will do the Paltrow dynasty. Oh my God. And it's many. Like, and then like go to the Harvey years, the well, Miramax years. Well, because we've had like Apple Paltrow. I mean, in 60 years, we could have like, you know, 12 Paltrow, whatever weird name that exactly. kid has. And they're like, her great grandmother, yes. trivia, yeah. was Gwyneth Paltrow. Who and also drove around in a car that didn't fly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, thank you for humoring me on this because I think it is very full of pathos and human drama and drunk Chris Walken. This is more Gwyneth Paltrow than I've had yeah. like in my 26 well, years. now I think that you'll start to look for her. You know, my dad always said there are two kinds of red wine drinkers, people who drink red wine, people who will drink red wine. Huh. I feel the same way about Gwyneth Paltrow fans. Which am I? You will, you will become a Gwyneth Paltrow fan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, what do you call By the way, film? Dad, you didn't love me enough, and that's why I had this podcast. Yes. I'm just kidding. Yes. <laughs> that goes for all our dad. No, I'm totally kidding. I, my dad's great. Your they're, dad is great. They're great. Sweetheart. Um, what, uh, what do you call this film? Oh, God. Um, can you call it The Seagull? No. Um, Could you call it Drunk Seagull? Yeah. Williamstown, maybe? Oh, that's nice. It's nice. It's it's misleading. It sounds like Grover's Corners, but then it's a Hollywood nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> What's like another like uh, another word for family? I was going to say you could call it like misery. Che- <laughs> I was going to say you could call it like Chekhov's like yeah. Some- oh, surviving Chekhov would be an amazing. That title. That would be a very good '90s title. Surviving, surviving the Chekhov. Seagull. That's the name of my sweater band. Jerry Ju- the- Julia Stiles has to be in that movie. Oh though. my god. <laughs> Julia, that movie was made for Julia Stiles. What a good surviving Chekhov. My wow. paper's due in two weeks, but I just fell in love. Um, <laughs> Do you guys um, want to hear a weird Julia Stiles story? Always, yes, always. This is a really weird story. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, by the way, I feel like if anyone listens to the podcast, it's Julia Stiles, and we're gonna get a heated letter from her. Okay. Julia Stiles is on a treadmill at LA Fitness somewhere, and she's like, "What the fuck." <laughs> I had a friend who used to be on Saturday Night Live. He's really funny. Um, and we got to go to a Saturday Night Live rap party. And inexplicably, as we walk in, there's this guy wearing a trucker hat because it's 2003. And he goes, hey, how's it going? I'm Topher. And I'm like, that's kind of a dorky name. But he seems like a nice guy. And then I realized, like, oh, wait, that's Topher Grace, like, from television. And he, the movie's David Duke. And, and <laughs> Soon to play David Duke in Black Clansman. Topher Grace do great things on. <laughs> but he was like very humble and like a very like nice, polite, very nice guy. I'm the bad guy in this story. He was very nice, and I was like, oh, that's like that's the guy. And then I was drinking a lot at this point in my life. Wow. I was like 28. Let's talk about a shoot. Mm. This now, I'd love to see Tim Tim Malloy the the wet years. Well, <laughs> the w- <laughs> here's a preview. Yeah. Um, 
So my ears is so weird. I can't w- believe I just said that. Yeah, that's a weird one. We're sitting at this. We're sitting at this table with the band because my friend is in with the band at Saturday Night Live. So probably Dr. Luke is there at this point, which I didn't know. Oh my who god, was, that's probably so whose creepy. table I was at. So many name drops the in the story. Yeah, oh, an SNL party, dude. We met Al Gore. We met Al Franken. There were so many weird, th- like an SNL party. Just you turn around and there's weird famous people there who you're like you don't know why they're there. I tried to dance with Rachel Dratch. She was like, no. She was like, no. Nah, dude. Not you. Not she your like, night, She like gave like a nice smile and like turned around and walked away. Oh, my God. Um, so this is the kind of like gross zone I was in. Okay. So I'm sitting at this table. I am not really contributing anything to the conversation with the band of Saturday Night Live because what could I possibly contribute? Yeah. And then I turn around and Julia Stiles comes and sits um, at Topher Grace's table. And I announced to my friends, I'm going to go hit on Julia Stiles. <laughs> so I get up and walk over and start talking to her. And Julia Stiles goes, who are you? And I'm like, I'm a character in a book. And it's a better book if I come over and talk to you. And she's like, That's well, actually kind of like a, a bratty but interesting thing to say. Just a weird. Just That's something that one of her, that someone would say to Julia Stiles in a movie. A, it's such a bratty Stanellis line. Oh, okay. I was reading a lot of that too. Yeah. Um, so she's. So you were obnoxious and uninspired. I was so annoying. <laughs> I was so annoying. So she says, um, she says something like, well, that's kind of egotistical, isn't it? And I said something yeah. like, well, you know, we're all a character in our own book. I mean, everybody's like the main character in their own story, right? And she's like, no, oh, not necessarily. Like, you could just be hit by a bus tomorrow. I mean, you could be a completely minor character. I could be a completely minor character. Who knows? And so this story went on for a long time, and somehow – Blah, blah, blah. She said something about Topher. And I go, who's Topher? And then her friend goes, you're sitting in Topher's chair right now. Oh, no. And then Topher appeared and rescued Julia Stiles from annoying drunk Tim Malloy. In wow. also the coolest way possible. He just comes up and goes, hey, dude, nice to meet you. Maybe in some Thanks, way, dude. maybe they had like a, a, a brief thing after that, though, and you brought them together. I, I he, hope so. Because he protected her from you. They are of the same era. I wasn't like they a. Are totally I wasn't yeah. like a. I wasn't like a they predator. They went to late I was just like together. an annoying, an annoying, no touching, no physical no, contact. I'm, I'm actually interested. irritating jerk. I, I, w- I would probably humor you as long as she did. I was yeah, going to say lots was, of. I was going to say lots of props to Julia Stiles, absolutely. like especially like to be like so like clever and quippy, like back into yeah, in that. Exactly. She was very immediately clever and quippy, and probably people walk up to her and any number of famous people and say ridiculous things all day long, and they just have to make a decision: do I roll with it or do I call my bodyguard? Right. Exactly. And she was well, like, "Did you see this Twitter trend? What where people? Someone started, and it's actually really funny. Someone just said, please list the most.'" completely fucking mundane experience you've ever had with a celebrity. <laughs> and some of them are some of them are so funny. Some of them are like um Ewan McGregor at an airport bar and they couldn't tell like it was an indiscriminate restaurant. Like there was no decor that signaled what it was and he's like, is this the Mexican place? And then the woman who's <laughs> tweeting it gets the menu and she's like, well there's tacos. And he's like, oh cool. Can I see the menu when you're done with it? And then I gave him the menu. End of tweet. Like <laughs> The most Seinfeldian. Can we like, go around and do this? Like, uh-huh. can we go around and do this? Yes, exactly. And then, like, of course, because it's Twitter and it's life and it's people in Los Angeles this is probably where it started. Um, they start getting more ratcheted up because people want to start competing. Oh, right. So it starts with like, um, okay, I was and, dating Martin yeah, Scorsese. Exactly. Like Giselle told me to, I should have more <laughs> confidence in this date I was on. She pushed my collar up for me and gave me a lipstick kiss. <laughs> like. <laughs> And I'm like, this is supposed to be about like the DMV when you saw Swoozy Kurtz. Right. Sick Swoozy Kurtz mentioned just now. By the way, we don't know who she is. Look her up. She's a queen. 
She was in a presentation with Cherry Jones that I saw on Broadway. Really? She was also in um, one together. of my favorite films, uh, Dangerous Liaisons, with Glenn Close and John Malkovich. Great. Fabulous movie. And this a young is a Michelle Pfeiffer. I don't get, but it's fine. What? So this is a reference I don't okay, get. Okay, you should but see it. Do you, do you have an How extremely mundane celebrity story? Yes. Uh, no, because I usually try to avoid, like, going up and talking to celebrities because I know that this is going to happen. <coughs> Although one right. time I did run into, um, oh gosh, what is it? Jerry, the guy who plays Turtle in Entourage. Okay. Ferreira. Jerry Excellent. Ferreira. Yeah, on the street in New York. It was right before the Entourage movie came <laughs> out and I was a big Entourage fan and so I was going to go see the movie and I walked past him and I turned around and I was like, that was Jerry Ferreira. And I went back and like tapped him on the shoulder and it's like, Hey, Jerry, big fan. He's like, oh, thanks, man. I was like, when's the movie coming out? Very much looking forward to it. He's like, I don't know, man. Uh, and then just like, <laughs> and I was like, all right, well, I can't wait to see it. And he's like, thanks. Oh my God. And then just like turned and kept walking. That reminds me, nice. and I, I don't think he would be mad if I said this because it's just, it's, it's an empirical fact. I, at various publications throughout my career, I would always like run into Kevin Connolly at places. And mm. I feel like because we're a little Irishman, well, I'm taller than him because Let's be honest, everyone, everyone is. is. Yeah, exactly. Um, wow. Every time I'd see him, I, I would always say, hey, how are you? And he's like, all right, Matt. Um, and he'd always say the same thing, like, <laughs> waiting for the show to air so I can get that money. Or he'd be like, <laughs> show just went off the air. I got to figure out how to make more money. <laughs> like, just, he's done the same thing every single time, and it's all I could associate him with. And then for a brief time, I think he dated Nikki or Paris Hilton. And I'm like, no, you can get that money that. now. <laughs> <laughs> and then he never sealed the deal. Do you have an incredibly mundane celebrity experience? Yeah, more mundane than your Julia Stiles. Uh, it would be so good if I had an entourage mundane celebrity story, right, but I don't, with... unfortunately. Yeah. Mine is about Michael Jackson. When I covered the Michael Jackson trial. Oh, my Wait, God. Wait, what? Wait, you don't want to name drop because Michael Jackson told you never to do it? It's so <laughs> mundane. It's so mundane. When I covered right, the Michael Jackson that's trial. The, that's the, I'll be the judge. I was one of the, like, 200 reporters there, and one of the rules was you cannot really talk to Michael Jackson because... There's a gag order. He's not allowed to comment. Okay. So you can't ask him anything regarding the case. Nothing. So one day, it's like a really slow day in motions, and there's very few reporters there because the motion doesn't really matter. And for some reason, Michael Jackson shows up. And one of the things you do in the Michael Jackson trial is when you're a reporter, you have to run out there first thing in the morning and call into the desk what he's wearing. This was still in the like call into the desk era. Wow. So we'd go like, okay, he's wearing blue pajamas, a monocle. Because he would show up in like stunt queen he, outfits. As Chris Rock said, he showed up to court looking like Captain Crunch. I yeah. mean, he would just show up. <laughs> he's got a monocle. He's got a poly, a polyps. He's oh wearing like knee-high boots, like whatever crazy awesome thing he's wearing every day. So this day he shows up and he's wearing like a tuxedo jacket, um, a line of sort of Christmas lights across his chest oh God. that have like hanging down, like I think an emu, like some sort of like gold creature, like carving. Um, and then he's got like his usual button down thing and like a medallion at his at his neck naturally and I I walk up to him and this is you know again there's no other reporters around and I'm not asking about the trial so I just go hey what are you wearing like is that like an antelope or like an emu or what's what's that called and he looks down and like notices what he's wearing for the first time as oh. if he's like paid no attention so to you this. see him like have a moment of consciousness and he says in a completely normal voice I don't know, man. My wardrobe guy makes me do it. Wow. What? Really? <laughs> Are you I can't serious? believe you let me tell my stupid Jerry Ferreira story. I know. Wow, Trey. <laughs> wow, he just embarrassed. And I kept Can I do Conway. another? Can I do another take? See, this makes people competitive. I'm at the Can I do another? Can I do another take? 
Um, I sat in front of Denzel Washington at Hamilton. See, (laughs) this is what happens to people. Go ahead. Yeah. I think he actually said, I don't know, man, my wardrobe guy does it. I don't uh, think he said my wardrobe guy makes me do it. Are you gear fact checking yourself? I think he said <laughs> my wardrobe guy does it. That uh, is really interesting. Just like completely rewrites the entire like Michael Jackson dresses crazy history. Yeah. It's oh just God. he outsources it. Somebody figures it out. This would look nice. Let's do an emu today. And um, yeah. Oh, just by the way, this just totally came to me. And you're, you're right. And I should have probably reframed this entire episode, but it's worth the journey. <laughs> um, this should entirely be a Ryan Murphy series about famous Hollywood dynasties that decide to work together. Like wow. Carrie Fisher yeah. and Debbie Reynolds. Wow. Gwyneth Paltrow and Blythe Danner. And call um, it Dynasty. And call it Dy- Hollywood Dynasty. Yeah, Hollywood call Dynasty. It Dynasty. <laughs> or clan. No copyright infringement problems at all. What are other famous family pair-ups? Jo- I think Drew Barrymore did a play with her Grandfather? No, that was she oh, wouldn't have been alive. Oh, that's a total dynasty. That'd be amazing. The, the Barrymores, the the, uh, the Arquettes. Um, the Arquettes. <laughs> uh, who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? Oh God! Be- How will no you one think of any other movie, nepotism in Hollywood? Stop. Um, there's a beautiful one of my favorite books is by Susan Minot. It's called Evening, and they did an adaptation. And um, Natasha Richardson, before she died, got to do uh, a scene with her mother, Vanessa Redgrave, and I can cry thinking uh, about it right now. So beautiful. So it would be that. That's my idea. Ryan Murphy-style series about mother and daughter actresses and the horrors of their productions. I love it. Mic drop. I'm in. Me too. Guys, thank you for this wonderful journey. Um, Listen to the Shoot This Now podcast. Rate it five stars. And if you want, go rate the Goop podcast. If you're a Goop listener who have gotten you by SEO, um, we have lifestyle tips too. Like for instance. Um, I'm just going to make a podcast recommendation. There's a podcast (laughs) called You Talking You Two to Me. And it's Adam Scott and Scott Ackerman, and they bring on Harris Whittles, who later died, oh, which is very oh, sad. Oh no! Um, Harris he's, is so funny. Yeah. He's a giant fish fan, and they bring him on to talk about U2. And at the beginning of it, he's kind of like, "Yeah, I don't really care about U2 at all." And then they like go through U2, and he like doesn't really agree with anything they say. And then after an hour and a half, they go, "So Harris, like, are you convinced? Like, do you like U2?" And he goes, "Well, guys, I've listened to you, and they're my favorite band." <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you saying that? Are you giving that story to say that that's how you feel about Gwyneth now? That's how I feel about Gwyneth. Yes. Uh, okay. And also the other person you mentioned, uh, her mother. Uh, Blythe Danner. Blythe Danner is my yes. other favorite. Yeah. Well, you have no respect for Hollywood institutions, and, and which is well, why the Julia Stiles of this life will always save that chair for Topher. <laughs> yeah, I got mean because you're a dick, Tim. No, um, Trey, thank you for hanging out for the second episode. I love it. Yeah, really? Um, I'm not on vacation. I'm totally here, and we'll see you next time. Shoot. Shoot, daddy. Shoot this now. Shoot this, shoot this, shoot this now. The whole time I just kept thinking about Goop and thinking that song. Goop, Goop, daddy. Goop, daddy.